So today we're going to go through a little bit of how to communicate dreams and uh and so this is, this is what we've done so far in, in this sermon series. We've gone over a set of four things that, uh, that we need to communicate with. Um, we communicate brotherly love by communicating patient or presence, by communicating greeting, and by memory, by remembering the things that we spoke about when we last crossed. These things communicate love. And then we communicated uh, in conflict. We talked about meaning traveling between people, not just words. Dialogue is meaning that traveled between people. And so today we're going to be talking about how to communicate our dreams, our visions, and, and, our, and our hopes. And hopefully by the end of this message today, uh, what I'm going to do is at the end of the message, I'm going to be opening up the mic here for a few people to come up um, who I have not selected, this could be anybody here, to talk about their dream that they have for this community, this church community. It's not a personal thing, it's a church community thing. What do you dream about in this church community, in Promise Church? How does Promise Church affect its its surrounding areas? And, and so we want to hear some people's dreams about what God is doing and what God is basing our hopes and dreams on as a united community. So today we're, uh, we're, we're going to get to process through that, and I am super excited about that. Um, so let's just jump in. Uh, dreams are based on God's actions. Here's, here's something that I really want to, want to just get us into. Um, dreams are sometimes, you know, in, in our North American individualized culture, dreams are sometimes just a thing that we just think about our personal aspirations. And that's about where our dreams go, generally career-oriented. You know, we're like, oh, this is my dream, and, and, and we talk about personal aspirations. When we look at, at biblical dreams, we actually see dreams based on God's action, based on what God is doing. And, and in so many ways, those dreams are way bigger and sometimes even harder to hold on to because, because they're just, they're big. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read Psalm 126 to us, and, uh, and we'll talk about the dream that's inside of Psalm 126. If you have any questions, text messages uh, are acceptable here. You go on to the today's service um, or today's message, and at the bottom of that pink square, you'll see a text message spot, and, uh, and I will get to messages at the end of, of when I'm talking and right before I call people up. <coughs> so let me, let's read Psalm 126, 1 to 4. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our, mouths, our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the streams in the Negev. And, uh, and so those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, will come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. The dream in this psalm is for God to restore 
the fortunes of Israel. The dream in the psalm is a community dream, but it's also a personal dream. A dream that says there's something good that's going to happen for this community because God is involved. But it also has personal benefit where I am now engaged in the action of God, and it benefits me, and it's something that, that's like we're, we're excited about. it. The, the dreams that we have as Christians, are dreams that, we, that are birthed out of the previous actions of God. We know God has done great things, right? We read of it in Scripture. We hear of it when we hear stories of God of old doing great things in churches, you know, throughout the world. We know that God is active, and so we can, it, it brings validity to dreaming, because we have seen this happen before, we know that we can believe it's going to happen again. Our children pick this up really, really fast. My daughter, Abigail, she has to eat her dinner. It's pretty simple. Pretty simple. Eat your dinner. Eat your dinner. Dinner. And Regardless of anything, we, we were eating lunch yesterday. Lunch is a very different thing than dinner. You're still supposed to eat it, but lunch is a very different thing. And halfway through her lunch, she hadn't yet finished, and she was kind of lagging, kind of like, I don't want to eat anymore. And she said, have I eaten enough to get a candy? Oh, wait, you just skipped three steps, hon. There's no promise of candy on this one. No, but her dream of getting a candy is based on a previous experience that one day at dinner, we said, if you finish, you can have ice cream with the rest of us because we were going to have ice cream. And so now she's got this idea that if she eats everything on her plate, she has a dream that her dream is to get candy at the end of dinner. She is now concluding these things because precedence was set. There's a precedence that says that, that there's a reason that we have a dream. There's a reason that we can hope, and it's, and it's based on something that's happened in the past. And so Psalm 126 gives us a precedence that says when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, God has done this before, he can do it again. Because God has acted once, he's able to do it again. And I now, I don't have to like stretch my imagination and hope and think that maybe something... Some magical unicorn is going to show up, and we're going to have this great moment that's never been experienced by, by anybody ever before. No, there's a precedent set in Scripture that says God has already done stuff. And so now they have reason to believe that those who sow in tears can reap in joy. Now, in 21st century, we have something called realism. Realism is a, is a great thing. Realism is the response to, you know, hopes that have been dashed against the rock. It's a response to the, the, um, the, the hopeful narrative that's based on no previous action. You know, God's going to get me a Ferrari because I want one really bad, and I want one with all my heart. And, and so I don't base that on any, on any precedence. God hasn't ever gotten anybody else that I know a Ferrari. Um, and so, you know, I, I just put that out there, and I'm like, hey. But realism is something that we've done because our dreams can get crushed. And what we do is if somebody has experienced a dream that didn't happen, like what we saw in the video, 
where Will Smith's character says, yeah, well, you know, I wanted to go to the NBA, but I wasn't good enough, so you won't be good enough. We project losses of dreams onto others. We say, oh, that didn't work before, and so it's not worth you getting your hopes up for, and you need to become more realistic. You need to, you need to rein in your vision to match reality. And therefore, your current reality is your only future hope. You could just hope that nothing gets worse from here, not that things get better. And in 21st century, that's kind of where we live. We live in a culture of realism. And, uh, and so we, we treat dreams in the, in the same way as we treat plans. And that's really interesting. Sometimes when we're communicating dreams or listening to somebody communicate dreams, we treat dreams the same way we treat plans. And there's an important difference between a dream and a plan. There's a very big difference in between a dream and a plan. When, when you have a plan, a plan is now something that you could critique because it's solid. It's something that's like here. And we could say, well, that plan has faults in it. It's got holes in it, and we need to fix the plan. But when you have a dream, you need to actually listen to the dream and understand the direction of the dream, understand the hope and the aspiration behind the dream. It isn't just a plan. So dreams are, they are exceedingly powerful. I have another passage that, that I want to read today um, where, where we see that, that dreams inspire hope and, and they help us push through adversity. So here we've got, sorry I skipped too far. Here we've got, um, I am very confused. Something went wrong there. Can you guys help me out, get me back to the beginning of, there we go, thank you. I will strengthen the house of Judah and I will save the house of Joseph. I will bring them back because I have compassion on them. And they will be as, and it will be as though I have not rejected them. For I am the Lord their God and I will answer them. Then Ephraim shall become like a mighty warrior. Their hearts will be glad as wine. Their children will see it and will be glad. And their hearts rejoice in the Lord. I will whistle for them and gather them in. For I have redeemed them and they shall be as many as they were before. Though I scatter them among the nations, yet in far countries they will remember me. And with their children they shall live and return. I will bring them home. I will bring them home from the land of Egypt. I will gather them from Assyria. I will bring them to the land of Gilead and to Lebanon. And there is, till there is no more room for them. He shall pass through the sea of troubles and strike down the waves of the sea and in all the depths of the Nile shall be dried up. The pride of Assyria shall be laid low and the scepter of Egypt shall depart and I will make them strong in the Lord and they will walk in his names, declares the Lord. Okay, wow. So the dream is powerful. This is a powerful dream that, that Zechariah has, and it's related to the psalm dream, because it's an idea of God's restoration of a whole community. You will have the prominence. You will have the, the, the greatness that I have set aside for you. The dream is powerful. It inspires hope. It inspires hope. In a time when for Israel, here they are, there are people that have, that have been lost there are people that, that have been spread out throughout the known world. And God says, I'm going to inspire hope. 
and I'm going to show you that I'm going to draw you all back. I'm going to do something great among you. See, their dream was to be reunited with God. Their dream was to be in a place where God is present with them. And here's, here's what's happening. Our dreams, or our lack of dreams, are the very thing that root our purpose. We root our purpose in our vision of the future. Don't we? This is interesting. When we think about what the future holds and we think about today, we tend to root our purpose in where we are going and what we do today and how that connects. We're rooting so much of our identity in terms of our dreams, and when we don't have dreams, a lot of people struggle with an identity saying, where? In good theology, we actually understand that our view of the end of everything, when God makes all things right, our view of the end determines what we believe how we should act today. And so our dreams and our visions of the future, they affect our immediate experience. If someone is being beaten down, Larry Crabb wrote a book called Shattered Dreams, which is a brilliant book for anybody who's grown up or involved in the church. They should read it. It's a great book. Um, he wrote a book called Shattered Dreams, and, and he recognizes that for anybody who has been beaten down, anybody who, whose dreams have been robbed away from them, they struggle in the day-to-day -day because why? Where am I going? How do I live? But for somebody who is able to look at a scripture like, like Zechariah 10 or like Psalm 126 or Joel 2, you see a hope that says that God is going to do something. And that hope pushes me through adversity. Pushes me through adversity. You know, the, the, the people of Israel, they, they had this strong story, and then they were ripped from their country. And, and you know, the, the Jewish people were the first people in history to be removed from their land and retain their identity. That's the power of the dreams that God gives. They were removed from their land, spread all throughout the known world, and retained their identity because of a dream that God gave. A dream that was powerful enough to pull an entire nation through hundreds of years of diaspora. And even today, the Jewish nation still stands as people without, often without a land that they're like, and now since 1948, we've, they have a land-ish. You know, and so, so these people are driven by a dream. And, and it's so powerful. Dreams are ridiculously powerful. We've seen dreams of, of you know, like famous dreams even in, in recent history of Martin Luther before he's assassinated, his famous I have a dream passage that, that has changed the course of the narrative in American culture. Dreams change reality. They are powerful. And dreams are vital to healthy church communities. If we don't have a dream, if a community together doesn't have a dream, then we default to the individualization that our culture proposes for us. And we default to it and we say, we say, well, you know, I'm going to get what I can get. And if I can't get it, then I'm not going back. 
if we don't have a dream that we could sink into together, if we don't have a dream that says, wow, this is so great and God is going to do something wonderful, then the reason that we come reduces to my simple pleasure and did I get anything out of it. And I want to say that, that God is calling us to be a church community that, that dares to dreams. We, we, we dare to dream. We have to be a place where we have dreams and hopes and aspirations. We have to be a place that is not just my personal welfare that I'm looking out for, but as an identity, as a group, as a people, we come together and we say, God is going to do something, and I'm excited about it. I'm excited that God is actually doing something, and God already is doing stuff, which is even way cooler. So dreams are, are extremely important. When I look at, at John 16, I think it should be right there. Yeah, good. Yes, I'm getting good. Okay, John 16, 22. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and in your hearts... Uh, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Jesus here is letting the disciples know that there's a time of sorrow coming. There's a time of challenge and adversity coming. There's a time when, when, when it's going to be hard for them. And as a community, he's planting an expectation. He's planting a dream, saying, you're going to go through terrible times. But then you're going to see me again, and your hearts will rejoice, and nobody could take that from you. Nobody could take it from you. So what we have is we have this power of a dream, and we have this moment where Jesus is going, yeah, there's hard times coming, but hold on to the dream. Hold on to the dream that God is giving us as a community, and even the dream that, that God is giving us as a community, it does benefit you. Hold on to the dream, and dialogue about the dream. Don't stop talking about the things that you hope that God will do through Promise Church. Don't stop talking about the things that you hope that God is going to do in your life, in your experience. Don't stop talking about it because when we stop dialoguing about it, we communicate for the worse. We communicate in a way that things break down. And so feel free and feel encouraged to communicate dreams. Okay, I've got to move a little bit faster here, but communicating dreams is a significant development in our relationship. I don't know if you've noticed, but generally when you meet a stranger, you don't walk up to them and say, hey, what's your best hope and dream? You know, it's not your first conversation you're going to have because a conversation about dreams is actually around the fourth stage of friendship development. When you're actually talking about a person's hopes and dreams, you're, you're actually moving your relationship into closer intimacy. You know, on a first date, you don't, you don't generally, unless you, you know, you're Val and I, um, you don't generally say, so what's, what's your direction in life and where you're going? No, you normally talk about your, your hobbies and, and what you like to do and, and whatever. But then, but then as you increase your intimacy, you start to actually share your hopes, dreams, and aspirations. In a community like a church... So often, we hide our intimate hopes and dreams from our own community. We hide them, and we're afraid to share them. And I want to encourage us to be a place where, where we talk about our hopes and dreams, when we move into the intimate. 
and, uh, and, and communicate them. So there are two types of reactions to a dream that I, that I want to get to. The first type of reaction is a dream killer. We saw that in the video. The, the reaction to the dream is grounded in realism and the person's actual experience. So this is when somebody hears a dream and they, and they run the dream through their own experiences. And they go, well, that's not going to happen. You know, when this happens, you know, a church becomes a place that kills dreams. The pastor becomes a person that says no first before saying yes. Where, where it's, and I mean, it happens because we're realists and it's like, okay, but, but this, is a, this is a way to communicate a dream killing thing. You know, pastor, God gave me a great dream and, and, you know, I was really hoping that we could do this. And the pastor's like, no, it doesn't fit in our timeline. Sorry, whatever. You know, and, and, and you get this dream-killing environment that happens, and we call it realism. We, we, you know, oh, this is so good. But really, it actually undermines faith. It undermines our faith. As a community, we learn that, oh, well, the status quo is what we get, and it can't get better. Guys, it can get better than this. It can get better than what we have right now. And so this is, this is important. The other one is a dream coach. A dream coach sees and believes in the value of a dream. I was talking to a member of our congregation um, about this, this sermon specifically, and he was telling me, you know, that, that he grew up with a dream killer as a father. And, and he was like, he was like, all the dreams and all the aspirations that I had, they, they were always quashed by my father. And his wife He's like, I'm so blessed with my wife because, because God has her as a dream coach. God has her as somebody that believes that stuff can happen, that believes in our children, that believes in our family, that believes, and he said this, he goes, that believes in me. And it was so powerful for me as he's talking about the reactions that he's experienced in his own family about a dream killer versus a dream coach and talking about the life that a dream coach brings. Guys, it's so important that we listen to the heart of a dream and see the reality of God in it saying that, that every good and perfect gift comes from God, the Father of lights, and, and he is the one who inspires good dreams. Guys, you're not getting a bad dream from from Satan, it's not happening. It's just not. He inspires godly dreams based on what God has done. And so we need to, we need to do that. You know, um, steps in, in allowing a dream to become reality. I don't have this on the screen, but, but there are five things that I'm going to say pretty quickly here. The first one is just, just believe. If somebody's saying, I've got a dream, believe them. Just believe them. I don't care if you think it's probable or not. Guys, Promise Church, I was told so many times, was not probable. It was not probable. Believe in a dream. Determine, this is, this is what you do in your own mind, not what needs to change about the dream, but what needs to shift about reality. What, need, what in reality needs to shift to see something happen? How do we bend reality to make a dream come to life and ask questions about commitment to change? Guys, dreams, dreams are pieces that inspire us towards change. They really do. 
They inspire us towards seeing things differently, hoping differently, and living differently. And they do inspire us towards change. And so asking questions about commitment to change and then finding ways to take small steps forward. And every single step taken forward, your last one, is celebrate the successes of the last moment. You celebrate the successes along the way. And as you do this, you build into the person. You build into the hope. You don't, you don't put this, oh, yeah, it's just going to happen. It's going to fall in your lap. No, no, no. We're asking questions. We're involved. But we're also believing that the end result comes from God, that he's the one who is involved in this process even more than me. You know, I think about um, the, the development of the forum. The forum as our Sunday service, you know, and the discussion that we have here on Sundays where we all discuss and then it comes up to a panel and all that stuff. The development of the forum, I was told by numerous pastors, it would never work. And we've worked through some stuff and it's working and it will continue to improve. It will continue to get better. We're going to see that happening. So as a community, we want to foster dreams. We want to foster dreams. We need to look at what God has done in the past. And it, when we look at what God has done in the past, we see Psalm 26, 126, 1 to 3, which is, I saw what God did in Zion before. And then we look at what God has done in the future. So, and I'm just skipping this because I am not, have time. So we look what God has done, done in the future. And we saw that in, in the, uh, the text as well. So, our gospel is in itself a dream. The good news of Jesus is that he's done everything required for us to be in relationship with God. That he will return and he's going to make it right. So this is the good news that we place our hope in. Even when the reality we see says something different. I'm going to actually invite people. Actually, I'm going to check messages. And Devin, come up while, I, while I'm checking messages. Um, oh my goodness me. Awesome. So we're going to go like a couple moments late because this is awesome. Okay. <laughs> Someone texted me and said it's not the saddest, uh, the saddest scene in the movie. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, it was pretty sad. You know, that, that just breaks my heart. Um, not all fears and dreams are based on precedent. Never mind the Ferrari. One can have a dream for a stable family if one has no personal experience of one. True. One can have, so it doesn't have to be personal precedent, but they've seen it. There's a story of a family. It might be a fairy tale, but there's a story that's being told. And so it, it's something that's, that's happened. I dream, how can I be the rainbow in someone's dark day? Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. How can I be the rainbow in someone's dark day? How do you realistically talk to people about praying Hoping for healing when you have been deeply disappointed in the past. Yeah. Wow. And so here's what, here's what we can do. We could say, I don't understand circumstances. I don't understand the reality that's happened to me even in the past. But I know that the story of God is a story of redemption and healing. Whether that healing happens right now or whether it comes in in the future when Jesus returns, we do know that there is healing. So we have to be careful that big dreams don't ignore or leave behind people who need God's God the most. Unfortunately, that seems to be quite common. You know, and, and this, is, this is interesting. This is where we look at what God's dream is and how it impacts our community. And so what I want to do is as Devin starts to play, I want to actually invite people here. Because in this here, 
This is a dream of personal hubris. A big dream that doesn't actually, that doesn't actually uh, affect people who need God is hubris. It's all this view of myself and how can I make myself great. But a dream of God calls people together. It does something that's beautiful. And so, you know, as a community, we, we're... I think that this might be a hard exercise. But is there anybody in this community right now that says, you know, I have a dream. On Slack, if you're on Slack, um, then, then you would have noticed in general that I posted a heart's cry of mine about what I want to see at Promise Church. I had some pretty interesting and, and heartfelt ideas in it. Not planning stage, just dreaming stage. When we start to share our dreams, we start to understand that so many people in the room actually have the exact same dreams. They have the same hopes and the dreams because God places them on us. And so we, I'm going to take these dreams, I'm going to take them in prayer right now because these are, my, these are my heart cries. And I believe in a God who acts inside of his community. And so Jesus, today, as you've heard the dreams coming from all of us, our united voices about your love reaching this community, your love being, being the center and the anchor of what we are and what we do. We thank you for the type of community that Promise Church is. And God, we pray that you would pour out your spirit upon us, that you would strengthen and solidify our dreams, that those dreams would turn from dreams to visions, and that you would give us wisdom on how they plan together, that you would help us see how to bend reality to make these things happen because we know that by your Holy Spirit that you do work that we can't do. You do stuff inside of us that we can't actually make happen. We can't manufacture, but you planted a dream, you do the work, and we give you the glory as we look forward to the days when coming when this is a reality when people look to the church and they say, I see the hope of a living God inside that community. I see it radiating out into the town. God, we know that you are a God of healing and restoration. And so we pray these prayer, we pray this prayer as a, as a united community, knowing that you are the author of our dreams. We pray that you would give us a great week, Lord Jesus, and that we would be a, a people who are constantly aware of what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, thank you so much for coming to Promise Church. We are a community that dreams and continue to, to communicate your dreams to others. You have a great week. God bless you.